I'm not going to get too excited. I'm not going to get too excited. I'm not going to get... Screw it! Last night was awesome! Let's get hurt again! Today we are recapping a very, very eventful family night that occurred last night at Lambeau Field. Yeah, I know there's already lots of highlights out there. There's already lots of recapping. But here we are doing it. This is my take on what occurred all night last night through the very varied practice a very full one for the green bay packers uh and let's just get a couple things out of the way first one a programming note i decided tomorrow's going to be kind of a lighter practice matt lafleur announced last night so i'm talking like monday this is right before they go to cincinnati tomorrow gonna be a lighter practice and you know what i decided i don't necessarily want to do a recap for the one i've been kind of wanting to do a live anyway so i'm going to be doing a live video live yeah on youtube only live video at 5.30 p.m. Central tomorrow. Q&A. Come hang out with my podcast partner, Claudia, and I. Come hang out. We'll answer some questions. We'll hang out for a bit. 5.30 tomorrow on Monday as the Packers depart for Cincinnati for their first preseason game. Uh, so, last night, family night, 73,000 tickets distributed by the Packers distributed slash sold they give a lot away for family nights like they claim those but like whatever they make 73,000 tickets available and all of them were gone before family night yeah the Green Bay Packers and their fans managed to sell out a practice in the middle of August something truly incredible now I'm gonna get something out of the way right away I know it's the current controversy the current conversation around the Green Bay Packers if you are an out-of-state fan I very, very much understand the frustration that is not being able to watch Family Night, okay? I I personally, I don't share clips that I believe are restricted from training camp practices. I at least understand, for a lot of different reasons, but I understand the Packers want to not have footage from training camp out there. I get that. I respect it. Family night is a different animal for me. You have 70,000 people there. It's not a reasonable expectation at all that you're going to contain it. But not only that, they don't even try. Like, they don't announce no filming on the board or anything like that. But the answer that Mark Murphy gave yesterday of, well, we don't stream it because it offers a competitive advantage. Mark, the Chicago Bears know what a VPN is. I think if they want to get the stream, they could figure it out, Right? I just, I don't, I don't buy it when it comes to family night. It leads me to believe that there's something else, right? Like the contract that they're in with the official Packers TV network made them give over the exclusive rights to family night or like something. Something's got to be going on there. It's a copyright problem, whatever. But in totality, I'm just saying, I, I understand it for camp. I do not understand it. For family night so i'm going to include the clips that i've seen go everywhere uh over the last 24 hours i'm going to include some of those in this video to give you if you weren't able to see them yet a better idea of what exactly happened at family night so the other thing i'm going to say and this is a total contrast to what i was just saying we're really lucky aren't we <laughs> like, i mean if you were there family night's really cool like, it's a great event. They added some new changes that I'm going to cover really soon about uh, what they were doing in the stadium, the fireworks show, hell, even the bikes at training camp themselves. 
we're very lucky to root for this greatest story in sports type of franchise. So, anyway, don't need to wax paddock. Injuries last night. Eric Stokes, obviously out. Rashawn Gary, obviously still out. A surprise, though, Elton Jenkins was out last night. Apparently, it was illness-related. They're not concerned. He just needed a day off. So, he was out. Lou Nichols, certainly in the conversation for running back three, he was out last night. He did take a big hit on Thursday. Perchance it's related to that. I did not see anyone ask Lafleur about him directly or anybody else. So, Nichols, I'm not sure what's going on there. Not sure how long he's going to be out. David Bakhtiari was out last night. And Lafleur said earlier this week that their whole plan was to make sure that David Bakhtiari was at family night. And then they did the plan, and then David Bakhtiari wasn't at Family night, it's concerning. Now, Matt LaFleur said last night in his press conference that they don't have any concerns. Their priorities is making sure that the knee is good for Sundays. Mm-hmm. That's all well and good. But my take on this is when you announce that there's a plan and then you deviate from said plan, it's concerning. Right? Because I understand that he's in the stage of his career. His tra- injury was quite traumatic. I think back to Chad Clifton in years past, right? Older offensive linemen have different practice schedules, just like older quarterbacks, right? I get it. But he gets concerning when you outline, well, here's what he's going to do, and then he'll play, and then you start to do the thing, and then he doesn't play. It's it's not unreasonable to at least be a little hesitant. Now, I will say at this time of year, this is the time of year where you you want to play it more safe than, than risky, right? I mean, like, risky is getting making him play on Sunday if there's any question about the knee, right? Family night, don't take any risks. If there's any fluid, if there's any swelling, if it feels stiff at all, sit him down. You need to make sure he's good a month from now. So, yeah, yeah, it is what it is, folks. You know as much as I do. Uh, Josiah DeGuara out with a calf injury. We knew that was coming. Jake Hansen out with his elbow injury yet. Grant Dubois still out with his back injury. And I got to tell you, the longer he stays out, the more Malik Heath and Bo Melton continue to push for the Packers to keep a wide receiver six. Grant Dubose is quickly becoming an afterthought in that conversation, even though we haven't even gotten to games yet. Uh, and then Tucker Kraft. He left practice early last night. Lafleur was asked about that. Said that uh, seems that he got kind of banged up on a play. He heard that it was going to be nothing too serious. So great. Okay, now depth charts for last night. The number ones. I know it's what you want to know uh, for all your fifty-three man roster predictions. So fifty-three. Uh, nope, not fifty-three. Depth chart. Starting depth chart for the Green Bay Packers offense was Yash at left tackle. Newman at left guard, Josh Myers at center, John Running Jr. at right guard, and Zach Tom at right tackle. Quarterback was Jordan Love. Uh, running back, Aaron Jones. Wide receivers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Musgrave at tight end, and Tyler Davis with Josiah DeGuar out. Tyler Davis did a number of different H-back things, I noticed last night, or fullback, or whatever you, terminology you want to use. At least for the very first snap, Tyler Davis was basically just lined up where the fullback goes. H back. So, uh, something to keep an eye on that. Maybe Tyler Davis is DeGuara's backup in that role. Uh, and Davis has been getting more and more snaps kind of mixed in with the ones, too. It's it's notable. Defensively, you had Clark, Wyatt, Slayton on the defensive line. No surprises there. Quay and Campbell at inside linebacker. Edge was Preston and Justin Hollins. Again, no real shock given how things are going. Jaron Douglas on the outside corners. 
Owens at safety next to Savage. Now, that's notable because the last two practices, Jonathan Owens has been the starting safety. Two in a row. Like, that's more than just mixing and matching. That's beginning to mean something. So, perchance, Jonathan Owens earning himself more and more playing time over Rudy Ford. Something, certainly something to be mindful of as we go. Quickly off the bench was, as well, Keyshawn Nixon. Offensively quickly off the bench was Jaden Reed. Now, players of the night, this is a long list. This was a very eventful practice. Lots of things going on simultaneously. Um, so lots of players were able to make positive impressions to stand out. One, Anders Carlson, the kicker. I'm going to talk about him in a bit. Tucker Kraft had himself a very strong night, both blocking and receiver. I was, I was probably the most impressed with Kraft that I've been throughout this entire process last night. Even beyond that, Malik Heath in the wide receiver six conversation, he plucked out a 65-yard touchdown out of nowhere, which you're seeing right now. Really, really neat play. Um, not the most well-designed play, like someone messed up. Those two receivers shouldn't have been anywhere near each other. But Heath plucked it out and still made the touchdown. Great play by him. Emmanuel Wilson did a little bit of both, both running and catching. Continue to be impressed with him whenever he's got the ball in his hands. He's just a kind of a... A battering ram who showed off last night that he can catch. Tree Carpenter wound up with two turnovers in some of the final team reps, uh, including a really, really cool like interception is what they're technically calling it. Benny Sapp, the UDFA safety, just annihilated the receiver, and Tariq Carpenter was able to grab that and go. Romeo Dobbs I'm including in this list because Romeo Dobbs showed out again in one-on-ones. Uh, he, he looks... Different. I know how impressive he was last training camp, but there's something more to his game right now. He's looking more and more effective. And then I also included Carl Brooks, who looks like he would have gotten a couple sacks, as well as Devontae Wyatt, who, whoo, whoo, I mentioned him basically all week. He is beginning to pop off. And again, again putting Devontae Wyatt against Royce Newman is just cruel at this point. And also wildly effective, so good for Wyatt. Now, there were three really cool things that the Green Bay Packers added in last night's practice. This is the first time that I recall seeing them at family night. I thought it was a very, very nice touch. Number one, as the players and coaches came out of the tunnel, they brought their families with them. All oh, the little kids and their wives. It was really cute. And so you saw, like, A.J. Dillon with his little baby, David Bakhtiari with his... President Smith walking his tiny little daughter. It was adorable. And you know what? Kind of put this, right from the get-go, put this reminder across the whole thing that it's family night. So really, really cool. Then they also added something where as the Packers were doing uh, like different drills, there were three different, three? Three different instances where they had someone come out, a regular person, then do the drill after the players got done and like so they had regular people try to catch punts off the jug machine and that was funny uh they had regular people these i felt bad for these people they had regular people attempt to throw from 30 yards out into the net yeah there's not a lot of people that can just throw a ball for 30 yards and that was that one was rough. And then there was also field goal kicking for regular people as well. Really cool little... I know, like, for viewers at home, they were complaining because they actually showed that on TV, which makes no sense. Seems like that should be the commercial break for the TV coverage. But nonetheless, it was cool to watch in the stadium. And then, too, there was also... I know the the what you're going to see here is very lackluster. My camera couldn't exactly film the video board well from where I was sitting. Um, but they added this cool thing where Nixon and Reed saw how many... Uh, punts they could catch off of the jugs machine 
without dropping one. So you see Reed here, I think he got to like his fifth attempted to catch. <laughs> Nixon wound up diving for number five and couldn't do it. So it was really, really kind of a neat event. So let's talk Anders Carlson. I know I'm going to get to Jordan Love. I know that's what you want to hear about. We're getting to him next. So Anders Carlson had a very, very good day. I cannot state that enough. Very, very good day. I'm, I've been saying it. Anytime he has a decent day or anytime he shows his leg, like that's why the Packers drafted him. I do not question why the Packers drafted him. The only thing that I question is what goes wrong on the bad days. So overall, he was 8 of 9 on the day in terms of just field goal attempts. So he was good from 40, 44, 49, 44, 45, 51, 53, and 51. His one miss was on a 50-yard field goal, which had a bad snap. Now, Hatcher was the snapper. Whalen was the holder. It was a poor snap. Whalen did not recover the hold well, and the field goal wound up being short. But all of the other eight attempts, whether they were held by O'Donnell or Whalen, were, were great. So Carlson had a fantastic night kicking for the Green Bay Packers for first time in Lambeau. It was really, really cool to see. I'm... I'm I understand the want to retain Mason Crosby. Like, I 100% get it. If they do it, I'm not upset at all. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't pulling for this young man to get it together. Now, let's talk Jordan Love. It was a very frustrating opening. In fact, the, uh, the older people behind me would be happy to tell you, actually, after the first hour, how frustrated they were with Jordan Love because they were telling everyone around them. Um, but the truth is, Jordan Love, throughout the first part of practice, was just, he was overthrowing a bunch. He was off. Like, things were just beyond the receivers. I didn't feel like the receivers were helping him much. Like, a lot of these were not completely out of their reach, but, like, they weren't, they weren't getting to him. But still, he should have been better than he was. But then, as practice went on, all of a sudden, love got better and better and better. And to the point where that final two-minute drive was, was incredibly exciting. And I say that because it is emblematic of what the Packers' offense should be this year. When they need to hurry up, when they need to get the ball down the field, this is what the Packers' offense should be. Here's the play-by-play. -play. So, snap one was a botched snap. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. They wound up redoing it. So, okay, so first down. Love drops back, has a little bit of time to throw, finds Musgrave streaking open on what must have been some kind of post. He is deep, like he's got in a gap in the zone. The man is wide open. Love delivers the throw. Easy. 30-yard completion. Okay, new first down, Love drops back, sees Watson running a slant off to the right, and pops it in there. Watson winds up gaining 20 on a simple slant. Next play, new first down, hands off to Jones, gain a four, all right, cute. Second down from the 26-yard line, Love drops back and gets it to Watson, who is smothered in coverage, yet makes the catch. The reason why that was so exciting is because look at what the plays were. Finding Musgrave across the middle as he's going up through the second and third levels of the defense. A quick slant to Watson, utilizing the middle of the field? What? Yeah, so finding Watson there and then, yeah, right? 
I'm not going to call it hero ball. If it's anything, it's hero from Christian Watson making the contested catch 26 yards out for the touchdown. That is utilizing the middle of the field. It is scheming guys open. It is using the traits of the players you have. Musgrave with his ultimate mismatch speed. Watson becoming a more complete receiver. He's always been able to do contested catches. He's always been fast. But the kind of catch that he made on that 26-yard touchdown, that's like alpha receiver type stuff. And Love delivering the ball exactly where he needed to every step of the way. This is the new Green Bay Packers offense. When Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love get asked about, how's the offense going to be different now that Aaron Rodgers is gone? That. That. We haven't seen that. It's not a mystery. It's a number of those plays were plays that Rodgers didn't use. I mean, Rodgers, in the last couple of years... And I don't want to overstate this, but like Rodgers in the last couple of years didn't use the middle of the field as much as we all feel he should have. And this did with regularity. It was really, really exciting to see. Now, back to that botch snap. I know some of you who follow this channel regularly don't like Josh Myers, and I get it. But Josh Myers, what is going on with snapping? I don't recall in the last couple of years that Myers has been playing this many problems with snapping the football. But as Andy Herman noted on Twitter, this is the fifth botched snap for Josh Myers this year. Three of them with love, two with the backups. Five botched snaps through training camp thus far? And we're not even to the first preseason game. It's kind of no wonder why there's suddenly a center controversy between Myers and Tom. Or they're at least experimenting with Tom at the center position. But what is happening? And I know, like, we, we're not ever going to know, right? But something's going on there. And it's concerning. And it needs to get ironed out fast. Because this is a whole layer of problem beyond Meyer's inconsistent blocking. It's just, it's, it's just odd. All right, so now I'm going to go with uh, just a couple of general notes. Uh, position battles, one-on-ones, as well as the overall pecking order, uh, specifically a quarterback, because I know some of you out there are really interested in what that depth chart looks like. And I got to say, from the order of guys that they kind of marched out last night, as well as the number of reps that each one seemed to receive, I think, now it may be wrong because they we know they swapped these guys out, but I think that this is the current quarterback depth chart, or at least how they're giving the opportunities. Obviously, one is Love. Two is Danny Etling. Three is Sean Clifford. And then four would be Alex Magoo. Uh, Last night with the Nets, though, I can say here's Love hitting his net. Beyond that, though, uh, I can say that Magoo did hit a net from 30 yards out. Yes, one of the legendary, like, way the freak out there, Nets. Magoo was able to hit it, so that was, was pretty cool. Um, Now, in terms of position battles, as I said, Josh Myers did not do himself any favors. And being paired next to Royce Newman also did Josh Myers no favors because there is one play out there that Devontae Wyatt was able to just, you know, go through both of them because it was a stunt block. And as we know from years past, Royce Newman doesn't know what a stunt block is. That's being facetious. Royce Newman has a bad history of ever being able to block a stunt block. This has been a deficiency in his game forever. And it obviously is still there. 
Wide receiver, the battle between Melton and Heath is going hard. I mentioned Heath as being one of the players of the night because of a 65-yard touchdown. Beyond that, though, Bo Melton had a couple catches as well. The agenda is alive for Bo Melton to make wide receiver six. So, ha! Uh, either way, Melton, Heath, they're going to be crazy busy during preseason. I'm excited to see it. Running back three was a very interesting thing to keep an eye on last night because Lou Nichols was out with injury. So Goodson did get a number of carries towards the end. He just nothing really happened with them. Um, Wilson was incredibly impressive and Patrick Taylor. Don't forget about Patrick Taylor because the running back three spot is about reliability, not flash. It's about what can you do? How well do you do it? And how consistently can you do it? Well, in the case of Patrick Taylor, he was on the first string special teams last night. It's notable for conversations like this. Jonathan Owens, as I mentioned, was the starting safety two nights in a row. Hmm. And then the edge position without Rashawn Gary, I think LVN is beginning to creep up. The more his athleticism is on display as there's real hitting and real pads and all that kind of stuff, LVN is getting more and more playing time as well as more plays that makes everyone go, oh, that was cool. Some several quick notes about one-on-ones before I wrap up. One-on-ones, there was Quay versus Dylan in the uh, pass coverage drill. K. Uh, Dylan ran deep. I didn't, I didn't catch the beginning of the play. I don't know what route it was, but Dylan was deep. And Quay was right there with him, and he picked it off. In terms of pass rush drills, one-on-ones, uh, Wooden versus Ryan. Wooden heard the talk. Ryan was 8-0 and against Wooden up to this point. Wooden beat Ryan last night. Yeah, I think it was like they did two reps against each other. I think Wooden took one of the two. Um, but it, it wasn't just like he took it. It was he it. He bull rushed Ryan into obliteration and absolutely would have disrupted the play. Beyond that, Rashid Walker, Aaron Mosby. Aaron Mosby, the new guy, the new inside linebacker being added to the team, converted safety, etc. Decent pass rusher coming out of college from what I've read. So uh, he went up against Rashid Walker. I think each one of them won one of those reps. Aaron Mosby's fast, like fast for a pass rusher. So that was kind of cool to see. And then you want to talk about fast. Hot diggity dog. Brenton Cox going against Caleb Jones. This was not Caleb Jones's finest night. But it was, however, quite possibly Brenton Cox's finest night because he ran the door around Caleb Jones. I mean, whoo, whoo. He, why people are saying he should have been a draft pick was on display in those two reps. Whew. Eventful family night. Fun family night. Thanks so much for joining me on the Bard Time Brews. Like I said, not going to do a training camp recap tomorrow. Instead, going to be live at 5.30 Central Time tomorrow to answer your training camp questions. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. 5.30 tomorrow, Monday, August 7th. I'll be there. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. Thanks, as always, for joining me here on the Time Brews. I hope you're having a great weekend. And as always, Go Pack Go.